Welcome one, welcome all to episode 200 of the Xbox Expansion Pass recorded on Saturday, October 21st, 2023. I am your host, Luke Lore, the Insipid Ghost, joined by my co-host, the Intrepid, Captain Logan. And whether this is your first episode or you've been with us for all 200, we are honored to have you here. Thank you for joining us. In this episode, we discuss the departure of Pete Hines from Bethesda. We'll offer an update on the arrival of Activision titles into Xbox Game Pass. And of course, we'll celebrate the arrival of first-party games for rivals of Xbox as Spider-Man and Mario Wonder have arrived to PlayStation and Switch accordingly. As always, we hope you enjoyed the show. Logan? We like to start the show by offering words of kindness to those who have made our gaming weeks better. But first, how are you, my friend? I'm doing good, man. I've been doing good. We've been playing a lot of games this week together. <laughs> and uh, I've been you've you've discovered a side of me that I don't think you ever realized. It is That's a true. side. It's a it's a dark, mean mm -hmm. side that I've uh, that I keep <laughs> well hidden. <laughs> <laughs> so when that comes out, uh, it, people are like, oh, wow. Logan's not the nice guy. He's he always comes across as. I'm not saying I was scared because um, <laughs> I don't get scared. I've never been scared in my life. No one's ever called me. Scared. But um, it was it was fun. I'm excited to tell that story for sure. Because yeah, we have been playing a lot of games uh, yeah. this week. Uh, so much so that like I turned down games for review, and I just like I e like I emailed. I said, hey, don't give me a code for this. I don't have time to cover this. I requested one, but no. Um, it, it's been like that and, yeah. uh, we're really lucky. I think what an October dude. I know what a fucking October. We're not even done yet, but it's just been such a good, good October. I, I kind of want to like touch on our favorite Halloween stuff that we've been able to play around with too, just to kind of give folks something yeah. to jump into. It kind of addresses like some questions we've had mm -hmm. now we're in there the thick go. of it. Yeah. Yeah, fully agree. Fully agree. Um, anxious to do that. Anxious to reflect on uh, XEP's history, but there's also a lot of news to talk about. We've even used Hot Wheels Unleashed uh, I, 2 I need to talk about. Uh, I've been playing Spider-Man 2. There, there's so much stuff that we need to, to, to chat about. And Xbox gave us news in a week I wasn't expecting, so I'm, I'm really excited by all that but uh Let's i think do it. it's yeah well, well tell me your words of kindness man so uh th this week i wanted to shout out matt reed um yeah. matt responded on our post uh kind of talking about because last week we kind of talked about like um you know like who listens to the show if anyone listens you know like just kind of you know put feelers out there like mm -hmm. you know how, how do folk folks enjoy the content is this mm -hmm. the the kind of like thing that helps them through the week um love love kind of putting content out there but you know, it's, it's only, you know, we're talking to, to, to everyone that's listening, but, mm -hmm. um, you know, we don't always get that, that feedback and, mm -hmm. and it's nice to know like who the fans are, who the friends are, mm -hmm. uh, who are kind of catching the content. So Matt Reed sent some really kind words on Twitter. Uh, mm -hmm. it was really fantastic to, to catch those. Um, I know, uh, Dano as well, also, uh, on YouTube was, mm -hmm. um, saying some really awesome stuff, uh, to us. And it was just, it's, it's so refreshing when you have that moment it's kind of like yeah. it, it just revitalizes your sense of like 
I can't wait to do this again. I can't wait to sit down for another week of content and, and just, you know, record with you and talk about our thoughts and, and the atmosphere of the gaming sphere and stuff. It's just, it's, it's fantastic to, to be able to have something where we can have conversations with friends that we know are, are listening and reacting to what we're talking about. Um, and that kind of keeps them engaged and distracted from whatever it is that they're having to deal with right now. Yeah. No, I saw Matt's post. Uh, I saw Dano's post and that just, it's, it's thrilling and cool. Like, you know, some people listen in their car, some people listen while they game, some while they travel to work from work when they work out, like Jam Hack Sam often does when he works out. Like, that's cool. Like, I love knowing that stuff. And yeah, uh, I appreciate when people update us on that as well. So yeah. that's cool. Yeah. How about you? Oh, man. So I thought a lot about this. Um, It's episode 200 of XEP, which is a big deal, right? 200 episodes. Yeah. Uh, I did the first 150 or so solo um a lot of guests as interviews separate from that 150 so it's been a lot of episodes um and i thought it only appropriate to look back and thank the people that helped me start xcp and i've told the story before and i'm not going to share share it in this moment um but it, it was xcp was born of sadness and pain and frustration and some people at the time were just wonderfully helpful and all the little stuff like logistics how to set up uh podbean how to you know get an intro edit on my own that kind of stuff. And I wanted to shout out Adam Leonard, who helped me get the art, uh, the, the first art and the intro musics that we, we've we used at various times, as well as sound bumpers. Uh, he helped me do that. Antonio Guillen helped me with a lot of that same stuff, as well as logistics. Uh, and Joseph Moran was in my corner that every step of the way, whether I had five people listen, 30 people listen, 300 people listen, he was always like, yes, good, keep up, work on this. The little stuff, right? The stuff that you yeah. don't, think about that it's like oh yeah i'm responsible for doing this that um it really meant a lot that adam and antonio and joe all helped me in the very beginning and they weren't the only ones but um they really i couldn't have even gotten started doing a, a solo show uh without it and yeah. couldn't couldn't have made it to 200 without you um so grateful for for everybody that listens to the show that supported the show that's offered you know fun ideas and whatnot kevin helps me a lot with thumbnails it's just been cool so it's a cool journey with 200 200 episodes is awesome dude i i I know exactly how you feel it's it's amazing i think my 200 episode was uh a a knockout episode for keelhauled it was like i got to have mike chapman the creative director for rare come on for that 200th Mm-hmm. I was trying to get him for the 300th coming up, but mm-hmm. he's he's really busy right now, so I was, mm-hmm. wasn't able to do that. But it's just it's it's the little little celebrations that you can have because I mean, yep. it, like you've done more than 200 episodes of 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 uh, uh, XCP, but it's but it's like most of those are all kind of interviews or uh, 116 interviews separate yeah. from the 200. Yeah, like you you've done a lot of content. It's just not represented by all the numbers. So it's one of those moments where it's like, dude, you've you've knocked it out. You've been creating content so well over the last few years. God, it's been like, what, four or five years now? Uh, 2019. 2019. 2019. Is that four years? Four years, yep. So it's just, it's really cool to to be able to have these kind of milestones and celebrate them from our Mm -hmm. perspective because, you know, not too often do we have a, a reason to kind of celebrate Mm-hmm. the content that we're making most of the time we're just making the content um mm-hmm. so when these milestones come up come up it's nice to kind of like sit down and be like 
I, you know, we've been, we, we did it, you know, not many podcasts do it. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, you, you've survived this whole time. It, it, I, I do feel quite honored that people have chosen to listen. People have chosen to support to the, all those, all the things that you need to keep a podcast going on the, like the, the front end side, like likes yeah. and shares and retweets, re whatever the socials are like that stuff is needed as much as the back end, uh, you know, logistics are as well. And so it's kind of, it was really, it's really an honor when I think about it. And I really, you know, everybody that's been listening lately knows that like, this is my busiest time of year, not counting the game side of things. And so I had all, you know, what do I want to do for 200? Cause I haven't done an interview in about a, over a little over a month. I just needed to work on my job and take care of my students and my players and just make sure they were being well treated. And it's just, it, I didn't have anything big and I didn't mind it. If that makes yeah. sense, like episode 200, I'd, I, I reached out to Xbox briefly and got a very nice email back from Jeff Rubenstein and whatnot. But like, I just, it didn't matter because everybody that's in discord or socials, reading Dano's posts on YouTube, reading Matt Reed's post on, on socials, like that stuff matters more. Yeah. And it was, it was a cool feeling and a really neat uh, arrival at peace of like, yo, it doesn't matter how many downloads, how many listens, the community is what's kind of keeping me going. And that sounds so talky. But it really does yeah. make sense, you know. No, I, I'm I'm with you, man. Ever since ever since I've gotten like a kind of close knit family with Keohold, mm -hmm. um, I, I I used to care, you know, like how well the podcast was doing. And there's a couple points for like from time to time where I'm like, I'll I'll go check in on the numbers. But you know, that's like maybe once or twice a year where I'll I'll dive in and be like, how are the numbers doing? Like, how am I mm -hmm. actually doing here? And and honestly, like I've kind of saturated the market for CSEs as far mm -hmm. as like, you know, people that find me and stuff, but then I get surprised and, and someone's like, Oh, I just found the podcast. I'm listening from the beginning. And I'm like, mm -hmm. you poor soul. I'm so sorry. Please don't. And right. You, it's, it's, it's cool when you get to 200 episodes and you cannot care about the analytics of it, because yeah. I think that's when you really start to realize like how much you're enjoying the content of it, mm -hmm. the, the creation aspect of it. Totally. Totally. People we've met have just been a joy. So it's pretty neat. Yeah. The Patreon Discord's fantastic. Yeah, it's so, cool. so much fun. Speaking of, we should give them a shout out because yeah. they deserve it. We should give them a shout out. Uh, if you are supporting XCP over on patreon.com slash Xbox Expansion Pass, thank you. You have kept the lights on and the content coming for 200 episodes of XCP's proper plus 116 interviews to date. Pretty darn cool. Thank you guys for that. Our tier two and three shout outs this week. Is it my turn? I think it's my turn. I don't know. You can go. I'd like to. Two, it's a 200th yeah. episode, man. If I you want like to go twice in a week, that's you. I'm here for it. <clears throat> <laughs> Thank you to Nicholas Downey, Rob Frawley, Tal Zochi, Trickster, Robbie Bobby Miller, Silent Cipher, Xbox Skittle, Steel Rain, Matto 1606, Randall Thor 19, Silken It. Rick Gaffney, Hafrican, aka Charles Jones, Game Positive, Jam Pack Sam, Matt Valdez, Neo Prime 33, Rick Davis, Red Beast, Xbox Mike 29, The Lord Sir Master James Suddy, Brendan Myers, aka The Winter Gamer, Sony's VP of Marketing Kevin Butler, Clint Coombs, DJ Hero, and Dano 12. 
Thank you guys for supporting XEP over at patreon.com slash Xbox Expansion Pass. We appreciate you, and I could wax poetic all day long, uh, but Logan, there is just too much to talk about. Let's too- do some news, man. Let's do some news, man. I uh, I know that it really depends on where you are in the gaming sphere as to what what is important to you. And mm. this week, more than any other, I see like pillars of like what you're interested in. Yeah. Um, but I'd like to start first with some of the sales to recent games, particularly those that dropped into Xbox Game Pass and just how well those games are selling. Mm-hmm. Despite being in Game Pass, despite being a part of PlayStation Plus in one case, um, yeah. let's start with Starfield because I think this is really cool. Um, a lot of different sources on this. Uh, Starfield had a huge boost for Xbox sales, for Microsoft sales, and for game sales in general in the month of September. Specific to the UK, because we can get numbers from them in a little differently than we do the rest of the world, uh, console sales went up 44% overall. Uh, in September's UK month, which makes sense given all the games coming out across the three big consoles. Uh, But PlayStation led the lead there. However, uh, Xbox Series X and S had a 136% boost in sales in the UK uh, with the arrival of Starfield, which is really darn cool, all things considered. Uh, Eight consoles. (laughs) <laughs> nice very, well, well it's not japan uh oh, oh, oh sorry yeah we're in the uk but UK. i loved seeing that because ps5 went up 24 percent, which is which is really great given that they have such a good yeah. install base there uh obviously do with the arrival of spider-man because um yeah. in playstation world it's a light year right it is yeah <laughs> it's a light year um but i've been playing spider-man 2 and god it's so good uh i can't tell i can't tell at all yeah, you nothing, got something. There's something on your uh, over your right shoulder there. Nine, Nineteen inches of venom. No, no, no I was no. Oh, sorry, Spider Man Two. No, 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 no. I was just admire, admiring the plasma sword. I I didn't notice the Spider Man though. That's cool. That's yeah, you know. yeah, kind of neat. Um, but I love seeing PlayStation Five up twenty four percent. Love seeing Xbox up one hundred and thirty six percent. Uh, because it's I think it's a reward for the dedication and those people that are jumping in because of Starfield they're going to get a chance to see so much more that they've been Mm. missing out on because Xbox has really become a great platform. Um, And shout out to switch got an 18% boost in their sales, which that's a lot when you, when you scale. Oh yeah. And they've been, they've been down, down year over year for the last three years. I think it went from like 24 uh, percent growth to 18% growth Mm -hmm. uh, or in, in, or no, I'm sorry, 24 million units to 18 million units. And then, they were like projecting like 15 million units mm-hmm. this this coming financial thing and i'm like i think they i think you know seeing the boost it's it's good to know that you know switch is still doing strong i, I mm-hmm. think a lot of folks really happy with uh super mario wonder and oh, yeah. are looking forward to super mario rpg remake like yeah i put it's, a, i put the review roundup for mario wonder down oh, lower you? in the notes yeah yeah, yeah. um but oh. mario wonder impressed so did so did spider-man well since we're saying mario wonder um, yeah, it got Metacritic of 94, open critic of 93, tons of great nine out of tens and tens out of tens. Um, really happy for switch owners there um, because it's funny, like they were down year over year and now they're up 18 percent. But like those numbers are incredible, right? Like that's mm-hmm. it, it, it depends on how you look at data. Sometimes it can skew your perception, but switch doing a fantastic, um, particularly given that with all the the 
info out there. We're going to get a new switch next year. Um, Mario wonder looks like it's serving its fans quite well. Love that. Love seeing PlayStation get the win uh with 24 percent month over month that's great and seeing xbox do so well in uk boosted pretty darn cool uh all three are having you know this wonderful release window and to loop it back to starfield in the united states because we've been talking about the uk in the united states starfield was the number one selling game for the month of september uh despite being in game pass where you don't need to buy the game right um, that means it came in ahead of Mortal Kombat, which is multi-platform, ahead of EA Sports FC, which was formerly FIFA, which is also multi-platform, as well as a ton of other multi-plats. Starfield outsold them all, which is incredible. Um, really fascinating to see that despite Game Pass, despite being on the lower install-based console, number one selling game. Of course, I'm sure Steam has something to do with that. I don't know, Logan, uh, if the upgrade is counted in that like the deluxe edition upgrade or whatnot um i don't much care truth because yeah. it doesn't really matter the big thing is that starfield has an incredible start it's this wonderful injection into the xbox ecosystem that i think people needed uh to see how great xbox has been treating its fans for a while and it couldn't have come in at a better time because with the arrival of forza motorsport there's a lot of interest with the season five love that halo 5 is getting or sorry halo infinite is getting for season 5 people are really turning back around on that because it was a great game and then it had a very bad content lull people are really jumping in awesome yeah people are experiencing hi-fi rush for the first time people are checking out minecraft legends and what that might have offered uh they're seeing that game pass can treat you well which is really cool because the next two games we're talking about launched into game pass it, it's really kind of neat to see people arriving to Xbox and celebrating it in, in such a wonderful way, as well as there's a new marketing campaign out, uh, which is cool. But like the boost is neat when you look at like Sea of Stars, which is the next one that I thought was really neat. We saw in its first week, it did 250,000 copies and the number's only gone up because it's been a month. But it did that despite being in Game Pass and PlayStation Plus and still yeah. sold a quarter million in one week incredible game pass treating devs well there and then lies of p which we just saw is getting uh dlc based on another big franchise i'm forgetting it's not pinocchio i think it's wizard of oz they're getting dlc based on wizard of oz which is public domain i believe um yeah but lies of p sold a million copies in its first month despite being in game pass like that's such a cool set of wins for several sets of people, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's nice to see that even though they're getting the bag of cash from, you know, either Microsoft or Sony, or sometimes in, in this Sea of Stars occasion, both, but mm -hmm. to actually get the sales on top of that mm -hmm. shows that folks are either double dipping and they want a physical edition, mm -hmm. uh, or there are folks that want to continue to support these devs beyond just the subscription model that they already have. Mm -hmm. And to see stuff like that, um, you know, it's and I, I, I'm pretty sure because see stars is on switch as well, too. Right. Yes. So that's that right there tells me that even if you were to take that 250,000 and put that just on the switch market, that there's a good chance that the game pass and PS plus are roughly about the same, maybe, you know, plus or minus a few hundred on that side. So there's a good chance that see stars may have like a monthly active user 
mm-hmm. over the last uh, since release um, of of over a million players, mm-hmm. which for an indie game is is fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know, seeing Liza P sell more than a million copies is fantastic because you can see like there was love and care and attention that went into that game, mm-hmm. especially compared to other Souls likes that we've seen this year. It's it's there's there's a lot that can be done in a souls game you can't just make a souls game and expect it to do well because it's a souls game mm-hmm. or, or like a souls like mm-hmm. you have to actually put the effort in it has to feel good it has to work well and it has to be interesting are um, you alluding to lords of the fallen i am i am i'm i was trying not to just throw them under the bus but you know with the technical issues due to unreal engine 5 mm-hmm. and the growing pains that are there they have struggled to do well uh, in in the review um, cycles and and but very, very mixed, right? Like not like it's getting lambasted. Like, no, I mean, Ainsley loves it, right? Yes, it, a lot of folks enjoy the gameplay. It's the the technical issues that are the hindrance uh, with mm-hmm. that, and they've put out some pretty quick patches, and they're working on that. And I don't blame them for letting folks know, like, hey, you know, we want you to enjoy this and stuff, but. There, there is a point where you just are running up to that deadline and you have to put it out. And unfortunately, not all the bugs are going to get squashed. Not all the performance issues are going to be taken care of. And you have to put out those day one patches. You have to put out those normal patches. We just heard, I think it was from Insomniac, that you can play uh, play uh, so Spider-Man 2 day one without the day one patch. And it will still be a good experience. So they've obviously had enough time especially being that their first party and this is probably one of the biggest games for Sony in the in this generation mm-hmm. but you it's it's not enough for gamers in a year like this to just have a genre uh, game that everyone loves and know that it'll sell well you do have to put a lot of effort to make sure that game is working well mm-hmm. if you want to do well because Liza P you can see a million copies for an indie game. That is fan freaking tastic. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's half of what Arms sold, and that's a first party RP. Mm-hmm. IP. I, I IP. I got you. I know what you meant. Um, I I think about Lords of the Fallen. Yeah. And I think about Immortals of Avium, and I think about a lot of games that are solid, yeah. good that needed either a little time in the oven or a tweak to the release date. Lords of the Fallen would have been a great december game Mm. right a little more time in the oven get it out of that window of september october yeah let it drop there get those little patches those performance things cleaned up um it's funny how we're talking about these great great numbers and sales of september despite the crowding but i can't imagine anybody doing well like ghost runner 2 is coming out soon how's that going to do in a a realm where starfield's been kicking spider-man's dropped mario wonders dropped like sonic superstars dropped within a within a week right like i'm excited to play that but like i'm sitting on it waiting alan wake i'm really glad they moved and tweaked their release date um i think they're kind of protected because of the nature of alan wake the level of remedy and the spooky season um they've got a lot of cross promotion too that is mm -hmm. is really protecting them yeah uh just mentioning alan wake and cross promotion um that is my I'm so excited to play Alan Wake, but I have not played the island in Fortnite. I haven't either. I'm really annoyed. Let's see, like, this is the cool thing. I love Alan Wake. I would encourage everyone, particularly fans of Xbox, to check out Alan Wake Remastered because it's a really neat 
look into Xbox history because at one point that was an exclusive game. It really helped define a window of time where Xbox was getting a lot of third-party exclusives and Alan Wake was very unique. It is spooky, not scary, very fun, wonderful atmosphere, great writing, great acting, and it's the genesis of the remedy that you know now. The remedy that yeah. had to go go through a rough patch with Quantum Break, which was good despite flaws, then nailed Control Ultimate Edition, yeah. and now Alan Wake 2. We have friends that are are playing it right now. Um, I don't have hands on it, so I can talk freely. I, I'm and I don't think we're getting that one. I'm not sh- I'm not sure yet, but mm-hmm. uh, the, either way, like so excited for that. Fortnite has this whole recap of the first game in this in its on a special island that is this wonderful condensed playable way of getting caught up yeah that's such a cool thing yeah that's so neat i i love that they're doing that i'm interested to actually play that because i think the fortnite world is a little less spooky mm-hmm. than what the the original alan wake is and as a result of that i'll probably actually be able to handle it. like we've been playing call of duty and and i and you've got jump scares on i don't have jump scares on i did like mm-hmm. two jump scares and i was like no i can't do this mm-hmm. but uh yeah, like I, I've been I've been looking forward to jumping in to see like what this experience is like, because they've done concerts in the past. They've had mm-hmm. special levels where you can go do stuff and it's mm-hmm. cool. And it's, you know, there's always like interesting things that can be done in the Fortnite engine. And we've seen some really fantastic content made with the Fortnite engine through mm-hmm. Unreal 5 yeah. um, and, and lately. But right now, I think what a fantastic opportunity for Fortnite to try and and work with games that are sequels that players may not want to go back to play an older version of a, of a game design mm-hmm. where there's some sticking points you know like if you wanted to go play like one of the old uh Diablo games like that'd be cool you know the story's there but that gameplay is just not what it Dated. what it is now mm-hmm. and to have something in another game where you can kind of experience that like there was a diablo 2 no it was it was a diablo 1 it was a diablo 1 was built in diablo 3 and it was Mm -hmm. like a special event and you could go into a portal and it would take you back to diablo 1 and you could play through a huge chunk of diablo 1 oh that's cool in diablo 3 yeah stuff like that is is so it was so fun to kind of like bring stuff forward uh so that folks don't have to go out and hunt down an Xbox copy of Spider-Man mm-hmm. 2 to be able to experience the story of Spider-Man 2. Yeah, no, you're you're exactly right, actually. I think it's important that stories not get lost, particularly when they're having sequels and whatnot. Mm. And Fortnite is an appropriate place. I think it's it, it was a meme, and I participated in that meme for a good while until I just realized how silly it was to avoid the popular thing because it's popular. Oh, and, yeah. You know, and... and I got to tell you the amount of joy I've had when I just let myself enjoy games like Fortnite. Um, there's so much creativity and, and wonder in that game. Plenty of things to be critical of. We talked last week about Epic's choices and, and yeah. their funding and their prices and stuff. But like Alan Wake is there to be played. You can play the first one in or get a recap of it in Fortnite in an appropriate way. You can play with your action figures and your crossover characters. I, I love that, and uh, I am very interested to see how Alan Wake is received by everyone because it is this weirdly odd niche style game, but that 
has kind of come into its own. It's built a legend around it, the remastered, re you know, reinstituted interest. Um, yeah, I'm excited, and it's appropriately timed because there are all these great Halloween events going on in games. We've been playing Call of Duty, great Halloween stuff there. Oh, different modes, amazing. Have, yeah, Call of Duty's nailing it with Halloween content. The battle pass is appropriately spooky with spawn and stuff, but then like all these events with zombies, without zombies, with different like really good cosmetics. I think. Um, yeah. Dude, watch, looking at Skeletor in Call of Duty is hilarious, mm -hmm. and the voice lines are are perfect. Yeah, my life giving magic will revive you. Yeah, you know, stuff like oh. that is just cracks me up. So much fun! It, it, all these great like spook things. The jump scares are are a fraction of the spooky. So like if if you're like you, you don't like the open a crate, you might get yelled at or screamed at or hear a yeah. haunting. If you turn that off, there's still plenty of Halloween to enjoy yeah. in COD right now. Um, I will say for anybody, because I'm pushing people to check out COD uh, because it really isn't a great place and it's first party. So obviously I'm a COD bro now. Um, yeah, you bought the battle pass just like without even thinking like a second thought. They're just like, oh, it's first it's party. Fun. I'll take one battle pass over here. I'd thank like you. special edition, please. The more expensive <laughs> version. Yes, thank you. Hello, I'm rich. Um, I have a boat. No, I don't I'm have any of teacher. <laughs> yeah, I'm a teacher. I don't have a boat. And uh, yeah, but I I really like what it's doing. I will tell anybody because I am I like to loop back. I'm pushing people to go to COD because it's in a great place. A lot of good PVE content, PVP content, etc. But yeah. the menus are wildly overwhelming and it's a 200 gig install, which will immediately turn a ton of people off. True. If you're mildly interested, take the time, check it out. It is good. There is a lot of spooky, fun stuff to be had. Um, please do, if you're interested, don't let that stuff stop you, but know that it's there because the menus are overwhelming. Uh, and that's what happens when you've got a platform game. Fortnite recently redid its, its platforms. Yeah, Xbox did. did a dashboard update not too long ago. Every time these things happening, Discord did one, a refresh on mobile. Whenever these happen, it's very daunting, I think, for people. But that yeah. doesn't mean it's bad. It just means you got to take a moment, catch your breath and learn it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's tough to kind of figure out like where things are or like if you buy something, like how do you access that content? It's the same criticisms I had with the Halo Infinite when they were coming out. I was like, and they did those, uh, those flights before launch. And I was like, guys, your UI is horrible. You guys do not understand how to design UI. This, mm -hmm. this is, this is bad. Like I'm glad that it's flat and it's clean looking and stuff, but mm -hmm. UI design for front end menus is so incredibly important for discoverability, mm -hmm. especially if you want players to understand what they're doing. If they can't navigate their menu, they're going to get frustrated before they even jump into the game. And then if they jump into the game and have a bad experience, mm -hmm. they might as well uninstall it. Yeah, very, very frustrating. I am one of the people that doesn't. I, I like the Xbox Dash update, but I saw I some yeah. not in favor. I, I think it's just a matter of like get comfortable with your ecosystem and know that it sometimes new can be scary. I think. I think there is a valid opinion out there about the the how much they cram sponsored stuff in mm -hmm. your face. Yep. Like if, if you were just an Xbox person and you bought you weren't into Game Pass and you just bought physical, mm -hmm. there's a lot of crowding on the dashboard now that is like 
pushing you to go check out Game Pass stuff. Mm, yep. And I could That's see true. that being annoying. I see that as an opportunity to see like what's coming to Game Pass, get my money's worth kind of thing. Mm. And they've got the important stuff at the top. Like I love having settings store and apps like mm-hmm. right on the top of the 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 very top section of the of the dashboard but mm-hmm. that's a personal preference and everyone's going to be slightly different so hopefully folks kind of get used to it and learn what they like or learn how to get where they want to go yeah agreed um ellery made a comment uh about a week or so ago maybe a little after last episode just how much they enjoy the spooky events in games and i'm right on that same train i love it when games do halloween events or even seasonal events in general like i like yeah. the the winters and i i enjoy wearing the santa hat during you know <laughs> yeah. december i do think they all should start at the beginning of october for halloween beginning of december yeah. for, like give it the month because fortnite cod diablo sea of thieves halo infinite are the ones that we've listed mm-hmm. in our notes they're all doing holiday holiday events for halloween some of them haven't even started and it's like yo dog yeah let's go i'm trying to be in the zone my house is decorated my wife's done an incredible job with that i'm in the the halloween spirit like let's let's enjoy it everywhere because my cod guy he's halloweeny my fortnite guy's halloweeny but the the modes are not all there for all the games yet how many times can you say weenie uh (laughs) halloweeny i didn't even catch it i didn't even know i know i know i just i i have really loved to like our, our, our kind of dive into live service games to see like who's doing what that's kind of spooky stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's some, if you're going to do it, don't make all this cool content and restrict it to like a week or two weeks, please, right. please put that content in at the beginning of the month mm-hmm. when we can enjoy it. Cause not everyone's going to have time to jump in there. Like if you want right. to do the haunting and call of duty, bro, you're down to like 14, 13 days at this point. And it's like, mm-hmm. good luck. Good yep. luck, because I'm already already like halfway done with that stuff. Yep. But, Same. Um, I, I'm kind of bummed by our next story, though. Is um, this the old the old Pete Hines? Yeah. This Go ahead, thing, buddy. Okay, so Pete Hines, if you guys didn't hear, um, Pete Hines is the senior vice president for and, and head of publishing for Bethesda. It has been for thirty years now. It's a long time. It's, it's been a long time. And we we found out this week that he has posted notice of his retirement. Mm-hmm. He doesn't look like he's going to go to a different company, um, which there's been rumors about Kodak lately that have been floating around. I've been hearing rumblings about like where Kodak's going to go. God, I hope he goes to PlayStation just to watch it happen, just to watch it. I don't actually want it to happen, but I do want it to happen. Uh, okay, so I'll, I'll kind of give folks a little background real quick. Um, so th- there's rumblings that Kodak is leaving uh, the, the Activision Blizzard um, at the beginning of the year that we've known about for a while instead of staying to the term of the financial year. Uh, right now, there's two places that look like the most um, opportune for uh, Kodak to be going to. One of them is Tencent, which would fit because he knows how to run a big company and Tencent has a lot of properties, a lot of studios to be able to run and he knows how to monetize them well and they're open to that type of monetization. Um, And the other is SIE or Sony Interactive Entertainment. Jim Ryan is leaving. He's going at the end of the year. (laughs) He's pretty much out right now, but the timing is a little sus. Mm -hmm. Uh, It would be hilarious if the reason Jim Ryan is leaving is because the Activision Blizzard Microsoft deal went through 
and as his replacement will be the former Activision Blizzard guy. Mm-hmm. And that would be just, it, it would be hilarious to see like Kodak do the exact same thing that he did with Activision Blizzard King mm-hmm. when he got in. And then in like 15 years, sell Sony to Xbox. <laughs> oh gosh, that would be funny. But I will say, I'm not rooting against, or not rooting for this to happen because... I don't. I uh, want that dude in jail. I, yeah, so do I. But I love PlayStation's first party single player games, and I think Kodak would be the worst because Jim Ryan's already trying to sabotage it. Kodak would make it worse. Um, yeah. But I do think it's funny that that's like lining up, right? Um, yeah. But but looping back, Pete Hines is leaving Bethesda. Yes, sorry. Big deal. No, it's just funny. Uh, big deal for a lot of people. Pete Hines has been the face of Bethesda next to Todd Howard every yeah. step of the way. I find the timing of this interesting uh, and oh, really? not conspiratorial interesting, uh. but just interesting given the finality of uh, Activision Blizzard's acquisition. Pete Hines has been vocal about, you know, why didn't we get the same treatment from Xbox, which I think if you step back, like they're apples and oranges comparisons. So yeah. I, I think there's a little bit of like, calm it down, Pete. But also, like, I love Pete and I would love to chat with him, right? I just think it's interesting to see Starfield arrives, is a hit, is Bethesda's best launch to a game in that that type of, of category. Bethesda proper has done some great stuff for Xbox, particularly in 2023. Activision goes through, is this big month, and then Pete Hines is done it's just an yeah. interesting time i don't know there's no tinfoil hat on my head it's just I got one I, Go got, I got well because so, we've talked we've talked about this for a while but um ever ever since bethesda was acquired every time ever since zenimax was acquired by microsoft um it's always felt like the wording and the messaging coming from pete was that there was a bit of remorse about leaving behind playstation gamers Mm-hmm. for their content it feels like you know with starfield being exclusive there's mm-hmm. a a ecosystem that is left dry and barren for bethesda titles and i think that you know everyone has their console preference but everyone also wants their game to hit the biggest market mm-hmm. uh and having been a third party publisher for so long to go mm-hmm. first party exclusive yes microsoft was the natural choice to go first party compared to like Sony. But this is one of those situations where I think Pete was not a hundred percent behind the, the acquisition. Like it was, it was the right choice to make. They needed the help. It happened, but he knew what the repercussions were. Starfield solidifying that in the, the history of uh, what was going to be now the Bethesda, xbox partnership and now that he's gotten that that horse past the finish line he's ready to kind of you know hang hang up his jockeys and and go retire like he's Mm -hmm. ready to he's ready to just kind of say like okay this isn't my bethesda anymore it's xbox's bethesda and todd's going to be the creative director and the leader for this forever Mm -hmm. and he's comfortable because he has those desires but as someone who's head of publishing he doesn't really need to be head of publishing. Xbox mm-hmm. has publishers. So he so, can take his money and go. So you do not anticipate seeing him show up at Activision 
and like he's heading up parts of them. You don't see him showing up at PlayStation or EA. You don't see him showing up anywhere else in the gaming industry in that capacity. Someone like uh, any any anytime you look at some of these CEOs or CFOs or, or you know, like a, a chief executives, mm-hmm. uh, chief officers, you, you see them take a break uh, and they'll take a break for yeah, maybe like five years unless mm-hmm. it's like a hardcore thing. Uh, but most of them will take, you know, a good half decade stint just to kind of chill and relax. But then it starts to kind of itch at them. It's try, it's kind of like podcasting. Like you can't start podcasting and then just go cold turkey. Mm-hmm. You kind of have to wind yourself down and get and go through the pains of like getting it, you know, having it be the worst possible thing before you finally give it up. Mm-hmm. Um, I imagine we will probably see Pete Hines come out of retirement after about five, seven years. Mm-hmm. And there will have to be a an industry shift for him to see like an opportunity or a, a passion project that he's really excited about that he wants to be invested in. Mm-hmm. And then we will probably see him come to something. But honestly, the retirement, I think this is kind of his his way of saying, I need a sabbatical. Mm-hmm. And this is his sabbatical. But we'll probably see him in the future because uh, he's still young and mm-hmm. and. You know, people like that, they don't retire because they have to. They retire because they want to. And sometimes when they say retire, they just mean I need a vacation from everything. Mm-hmm. I I want to see Steve Hines, Pete Hines. Steve, I did that again. Steve I did Hines. it again. I did that before we recorded, guys. Um, I want to see Pete Hines. I want to see Sean Layden uh, both be in the industry again. Like something about them feels good. Sean Layden, like on the forefront, right? Yeah. Um, I just in a position where we're connecting the way we connect with Phil and Sarah Bond and Aaron Greenberg and Todd Howard. And uh, at one point, Shuhei Yoshida was front facing. Like I like when and Reggie went in his time because I like when we get a chance to get to know some of these people as gamers, as, as well as executives, we didn't get that with Jim Ryan. I think that's why there's so much vitriol pointed towards him. We never had that with Kodak. Like when you put their practices next to their behavior, next to their the way they just are to gamers, um, it's very different. And so I'd like to see Pete Hines come back in some way uh, for sure. But congratulations to him. What, an, what a career. Started it at Bethesda in 1999, right? Like, yeah. Cheers to him. Uh, certainly, gamers have benefited from his work, whether you've played his particular games or not. Yeah. The influence on the industry has been largely positive. So, yeah, uh, really happy with that. And congratulations to him. Really glad he survived Y two K. Yeah, what? <laughs> Most people don't even know what that is anymore. I talk. I'm I'm helping mentor a teacher. Um, I mentor probably four or five at this point. <laughs> and uh that just tells how old i am and uh this young lady was born in 1999 and i was like get Man. the hell out of my room <laughs> i was like <laughs> don't talk to me there are there are people that when i was a teacher 10 years ago that now teach at our school <laughs> and i'm just like what the hell <laughs> this is crazy <laughs> it's not cool so uh just means i'm old uh, let's see. I, we've talked quite a bit about this. Oh, uh, Phil Spencer made some great comments on oh, the yeah. Xbox podcast. 
I listened to this. I would listen anyway, but you put it kind of to the top of my queue versus kind of like being in the middle because I have a a set number of shows I like to listen to each week. X Talk, the Nerd Chat, um, Mm -hmm. sometimes Trophy Room, depending on Keelhauled was there. You know, it's in there. I'm just kidding. Uh, you know, like how dare I, I listen to Jay Wood as a content creator. I listen to Skill Up. You know, just there's yeah. finite amount of time. You put it to the top of my list. I listened. Great interview. Really good info on Activision Blizzard. Um, because you put it in and you pointed me. Uh, what would you like to comment on this one? I, I was just so happy. First off, if you guys don't know, uh, the the Xbox podcast is is now in studio. Uh, Jeff Rubenstein. Uh, Malik and uh, Tina Amini are mm-hmm. now kind of like the hosts for the show. Um, feels it's it's all kind of like uh, late night show couches, uh, chairs and stuff kind of sitting down talking about Xbox. Um, and this was one of the times where they got to pull Phil in and sit down to talk about the ABK deal uh, and getting to actually see them address a lot of the speculation and rumors as a result of the ABK deal um, to kind of first off celebrate it, but also to talk about like, what's the game plan now? Mm -hmm. And this was really cool to see like Phil talking about how, no, there won't be anything coming to game pass in the immediate coming weeks. Uh, This is something where they would have liked to have done this had the deal gone a little bit differently from the start. But Right now, because there was so much uncertainty with the CMA, they couldn't start really like working on stuff as soon as they wanted. So we won't be seeing anything probably coming to Game Pass from the ABK deal within the coming month or two, uh, but to expect stuff coming in 2024. Um, He was like on the precipice of actually going to visit some of the the Germany-based studios from the ABK acquisition to actually like see what they're doing. And this kind of happened with Bethesda as well, too. It also happened when Rare was picked up as well. Mm-hmm. And Phil and Matt Booty uh, like to go out to all of the studios when there's like an acquisition to introduce themselves, to kind of get to know the teams and to kind of like shake hands and congratulate them, you know, welcome them to the family. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's very mafia-like, if you can imagine, you know, Phil Spencer being the Don. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was nice to know that they were going to go make the rounds because mm-hmm. this is the time when you see Phil and Matt Booty, uh, Matt Booty, like kind of the head of, of studios trying to like get to see how the teams feel. Where are you at with what you're working on? What are you working on? Mm-hmm. And uh, how is that going to fit in to Xbox as, mm-hmm. as specifically Game Pass? Mm-hmm. And is there opportunity there? Um, so now we are going to start seeing the next five years schedule like anything that's beyond five years right now will be what gets kicked up now so Mm -hmm. in two to three years when we hit like you know 2005 2006 e3 or or Mm -hmm. xbox showcase we'll start to see like rumblings of what the studios that got acquired now Mm -hmm. are starting to work on and this is when we're going to start actually seeing like you know some of those those ips that uh, were, were bundled in with the deal come to life if if that is a thing so i was very excited about that did you have any thoughts on that before i, I keep going no well i really enjoyed this as well uh, on the podcast it was i think comforting to hear as much transparency as i would expect uh 
a team that's trying to be transparent show, right? Like to see yeah. Phil going out there is good. Um, I have to think that they've learned a lot of lessons thanks to Bethesda. And yes. I'm really excited to see those lessons in action because Redfall was a wonderful learning point. It hurt. It was a it was a wonderfully useful black eye. Um, in martial arts, we we it's important to get hit. You have to learn to take hits and adjust, and it changes your style. It changes your preparation, and that's a good bloody nose to get because the ramifications were not so bad that it destroyed anybody. There's a lot of lessons learned, and then the lessons that were learned are now being taken into an acquisition that is triple, quadruple, more in size in terms of bringing in talent and uh yeah. Clobriel, whose images i've used on on last week's thumbnail and i'm using again in this week's thumbnail but it's an even bigger version um showing all the studios on display there are so much talent that is being influxed it's important to know what you have in terms of ip that's both public facing and stuff that maybe people are working on behind the scenes is there a hi-fi rush in the works is there a small little bleeding edge in the works? Is there something you should say, hey, maybe not? Hey, let's do this. Let's get a pentiment. Let's get it grounded. Like, what is what is it that you guys are working on? But also, hey, at Xbox, we want you to make what you want to make. Happy teams make good games uh, is, is a mentality that Xbox seems to be taking into this generation's uh, midway point. And I'd like to see that kind of pushed even further. You know, what can... Activision that's free of the Call of Duty constraints do. What's going to happen to Call of Duty as those teams get freed up a little bit because they've got a cadence they need to keep. They're yeah. a service platform now. Um, it was somebody in our discussion privately that was referencing Ainsley Bowden's statements, which is very, uh, very much something he and I have talked about. Like they've got to maintain COD. How is Xbox going to manage COD while allowing Toys for Bob to suddenly create? You know, what happened? Does Banjo get made by Toys for Bob? That's the no. easy one, right? But but you see my point? Like, yeah, you got to find a way to, to <laughs> use these IP in unique ways. Um, and I really, I like seeing them go there and visit and tell these teams in person, like, hey, we believe in you. Um, yeah. Sim similarly, like to loop it back to the Redfall lessons, Bethesda is working to fix Redfall. I saw a report as recently as two days ago internally that was like, hey, they're not only trying to they want a redemption arc for Redfall. I'm hmm. I'm I'm totally fine with that. I, I am I, too. But to not abandon and to say, like, hey, we've got your back, team, we'll fund it, let's make it better. It's gonna be in Game Pass forever. Let's go. Yeah. That's a really nice feeling. And imagine if you're at Toys for Bob, if you're at High Moon Studios, if you're at all these places that are making games, but you've been on the COD train for a while. Or the Suddenly. or the Diablo train with like Vicarious Visions too. Good point. Good yeah. Tony Hawk game, perfect mm -hmm. remake. Had to get thrown into Diablo Four. Mm -hmm. So how how do you maintain Diablo, Call of Duty, uh, Candy Crush, whatever, and free up talent as well? It'll be interesting to watch Xbox navigate and how much crossover is there. Does Bethesda work on? Uh, on something that was a pre was an Activision IP, does Xbox Game Studio work on something that was a Bethesda IP, et cetera, et cetera. So interested. I loved seeing Phil on the show talk about this. I appreciated the clarity. Okay, we now know Diablo is not coming this year. We now know yeah. Modern Warfare not coming this year. Yeah, so, there's no big drop, no big thing. Okay, cool. Like my thought was that we would get some backward compatible titles first, 
But now the news cycles of the first quarter are going to be occupied by some of these things. Um, okay, cool. Do that next to Hellblade. Xbox can have a good year, you know? Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah, very happy to see that. The The confirmation that Call of Duty will have parity between ecosystems was mm. really nice. I, I appreciated the solidification of that. You know, we knew going in as Xbox fans, but I can understand the trepidation and, and trust issues from, you know, like Sony or, or uh, uh, Nintendo. You know, fans want to make sure that they aren't getting, there aren't, they aren't, <laughs> the irony they aren't missing out on exclusive content because it's now a Microsoft property kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was nice to see that all in all, Phil really just is is willing to look out at two things. One, how can they increase um, Game Pass subscribers? That is their main drive. Two, how can they ensure that the games that they are getting are still being treated as important as all the other original first party ips yep that's that's an important thing pentiment happens because hey you don't have to make the triple a you are important grounded happens for that same reason hi-fi rush happens because they say hey evil within three can wait make your passion right that's cool i i do want to see that and so cheers to xbox and phil for that one um for sure and it it I guess in some ways ties into our next topic, which is a small one, I think, but it's neat. And there, there has been a really big emphasis in the wake of Forza and Starfield to spotlight Xbox between the hardware revision to the series S with its new memory between um, the two big launches, as well as the Activision blizzard thing, Uh, Josh Muncie over on, on Twitter and socials, talked about launching a new xbox campaign into different social platforms using the the 3d sphere in las vegas putting up live action trailers for power your dreams on nfl's uh stuff they redesigned xbox.com they've got apps coming to samsung ads coming to samsung uh ign and youtube etc like they're really making a push to to show gamers that xbox is here to stay here to play And, and and i really like that marketing campaign it's rewarding gamers for supporting the ecosystem and it's nice to celebrate all three right now. Yeah. Well, they're finally listening to you. Like they're mm-hmm. finally listening to the, to the things that you've been talking about for years at this point is that <laughs> Xbox needs to market. They need to market what they're doing. They need to show off what games they've got coming. They need to be out there making noise mm-hmm. and it's not enough just to trust that game pass is a good deal. And, mm-hmm. and it's nice to see that the, the it was really cool to see that the uh, that the sphere in the Las Vegas, which is this giant half half sphere that mm-hmm. is uh, it's like a projection based system that they use for like YouTube concerts and stuff. But um, mm-hmm. they've always got something kind of funny or weird on there. And now they have like a giant Xbox ad. And it's just it was so cool to see that in lieu during TwitchCon in lieu of them having uh, like a, a flipped over truck suspended by uh, Venom uh, symbiote um, like goo for Spider-Man 2 in like New York City, which mm-hmm. seems to be like the go-to place for, you know, like game advertising. There's like a company that does that kind of stuff. They did like Gore Howl the other, uh, a, a while back, which was really random from World of Warcraft. But it's cool that they're doing this. I loved the it's good, uh, it's a good day to play ad. They had 
had Warcraft stuff in there, which would just, it spoke to me, especially Thrall. It was just, it was, it was meaningful. It was nice to see fans of like prototype get some love in there. You know, mm-hmm. there, Phil's talked about like, you know, having a Hexen remake or, or having like Hexen as an IP now uh, being really important. And just, it's so cool to, to kind of see that in lieu of all of the really good games that we're getting this year, like this, mm-hmm. this month in, in, in particular, especially with some of the content that uh, just recently came out, because I know you've been excited about uh, Sonic. Very excited to play Sonic Superstars. Uh, for sure, the reviews came out largely good, not great, Yeah, would be the, the mentality that I'm seeing. Um, Metacritic at 74, Open Critic at 70. Uh, the gauntlet ranging from, you know, three out of five at VG 24-7 all the way up to eight at VGC and seven for IGN. Uh, which IGN came in a little low on a couple of them uh, that we're going to mention here. But it, yeah. I'm excited to play Sonic. It's not going to happen right now. It's just not. Like, that was the one I emailed, and I was like, hey, I know I put in a request for this review code. I don't have the bandwidth or time. Please either don't... Please, please remove me from consideration, right? Like, that was no guarantee I was going to get it. But I was like, hey, I just... I want to play Sonic a lot. I want to, but yeah. I don't have the money or the time to do to do that. Yeah. It's just not a reality because Spider-Man 2 just arrived. Alan Wake 2 is all my my like super anticipated. Like if Alan Wake 2 came in tomorrow, I'd play that instead of Spider-Man mm-hmm. for the spooky vibes. I'm playing the spooky stuff in Fortnite COD. Um I, I just I don't have the time. Yeah. There's just too much. And I I'm I've wrapped up uh Hot Wheels Unleashed 2 for mm. coverage purposes for the moment. Yeah. That's a game everybody should absolutely it's so good. Yeah. It's so good. I don't know who in the world's going to play it though, Logan, because it released in this window. <laughs> it's hard. after Forza, after Crew Motorfest. Like Hot Wheels Unleashed Two should have been a December game. It's yeah. so good. It, like I fully recommend. If you liked the first one, you're going to love this one. They fixed the AI difficulty. Very mm. fun. Lots of beautiful cars. The tracks are incredible. Stunning environments. Like okay. this is everything I wanted from the first game, except licenses. There's not even a lot of licenses there. So that was that was my question because the first one came out about two years ago, almost to the day, mm-hmm. uh, and it had what looked like inklings of a microtransaction system. Mm-hmm. You could you could buy all of the licensed cars with currency, but that currency was not something that you purchased. It was something that you earned in game. Mm-hmm. And the tracks were really good and the licenses were fantastic, especially, you know, they had like the Batmobile and the Turtle Van and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how are the license de- or deals in this one? And how is the economy system built out to be able to get any of those licensed cars? So I'm not seeing any licenses. I saw a Snoopy car, but I've not oh, come nice. any of that. Like, I don't see the Batmobile. It's not in any of the marketing. I don't see the turtle van, not in any of the marketing. Mm. I'm not seeing any of it. They've brought in motorcycles, which Ooh. are fantastic. They're really fun. Nice. Um, but this feels to me far more just Hot Wheels than yeah. it does the first one. The first one did a great job with crossover content. For goodness sakes, we had an entire DLC pack in the first one for, for DC comics. So like yeah. you could go through the back cave and stuff and it was awesome. The difficulty was too high. If I could get the difficulty settings for the fir- for the second game to be in the first one's tracks, I'd be happy. Mm. Um, second one has a better emphasis and control system uh, on drifting. It's much more manageable to drift and enjoyable. 
and the AI isn't as punishing. Um, and like, I'm not God's gift to racers, but I'm not bad either. And the first one was difficult. I couldn't progress past yeah. certain points um, in the DLCs. I mean, so in this second one, it's just much more manageable. But the not having the Batmobiles, the turtle vans, the Ghostbusters, the the Ecto-1, mm-hmm. not having that stuff, everybody wants the DeLorean, at least not in my coming across it, has been a hindrance. I didn't see it in, I, I think I watched IGN's review. I, think, I don't know if it was Luke Riley this time, but like, I watched one or two reviews and I didn't see mention of those either. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm thinking it's just not there and it's not that I haven't gotten to it yet. All that to say, like, I don't feel pressured to buy anything in its economy. I'm unlocking stuff at a nice pace. I'm enjoying the tracks. Um, but I'm putting this down because I, I haven't done enough with crew motor fest. I haven't done, I'm, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm done with Forza, I think. Um, Cause that's not my kind of game, like sim racers, but like, I'd rather go play yeah. crew motor fest and I want to go play crew motor fest, which I put down for Forza coverage. I, I I'm putting hot wheels down for a while to go play crew motor fest. And I'm coming back to hot wheels because it's not to be missed. Anybody sh- that, that has an interest should play it. It's good. Yeah. But release window, put this game in December, put it in January. It's not built to compete next to crew motor fest to compete next to forza to compete yeah. next to the other triple a's racer or not um so i'm really disappointed with their timing because their game is great this is the second great hot wheels game we've gotten and i recommend it i like i do recommend it yeah the problem is i'm putting it down because i haven't put enough time into crew motor fest which i love i think the i think the trouble that i see with this is that uh it doesn't have the weight of those ips for the license mm-hmm. content pulling it forward to, to yep. people's attention especially for for racing fans mm-hmm. uh and nothing sounds like it's carrying over from the first game which not surprising license content's pretty legal heavy so you gotta really like make sure like hey if this content's coming to you know like future games that they're making money off of that as well too mm-hmm. and uh it sounds like it sounds like this is going to be uh, another another version of an of a niche racing game. This is this is for the Hot Wheels fans. If you love the make your own Hot Wheels show, if you love the diecast cars, if you've been collecting them for years, then Hot Wheels with the orange track and the blue speeding uh, speeder like attachments and stuff, that's going to be your jam. And and mm-hmm. it is a they're you know those Hot Wheel games they're really good, yeah. um, but it doesn't have the nostalgia grab that the first one did that came out at a really tough time because it was also butted up against a Forza game mm-hmm. and you had to choose. It was like, well, were you going to go with Forza horizon, which is in game pass, or are you going to shell out the money for hot wheels and then have to grind for the, the license content? And, mm-hmm. and that it, it's, it's, if there was a dearth of racing games on Xbox, I could see these doing really, really well. It, if it had the crossover content, I'd be more inclined to stick with it. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. I would, yeah. I would, but I don't blame I mean, you. I'm just not here. I'm not, I, I don't want to miss out on the beautiful environments of crew motor fest, the speed of crew motor fest, the diversity of crew motor fest to play Forza. And I don't want to miss out on uh, those things to play Hot Wheels at this time. But if you love Hot Wheels, if you like Hot Wheels, if you have kids, play Hot Wheels Turbo Unleashed. It's two. 
it unleashed her, but whatever. Hot Wheels Unleashed 2 is good. <laughs> yeah. Play it. It is good. If you're on a budget or time, wait for sale because it's still going to be there and it's going to be amazing when you do. Yeah. So, um, we've talked about Spider-Man 2. That has a Metacritic of 91, Open Critic of 91, at least when I pulled these. Lots of 10 out of 10s everywhere. The lowest one I saw was actually IGN giving it an 8, which surprised me. Um, I'm about two hours in. I think Sony's got another hit on here. I bring it up because both Sony and Nintendo put out first-party titles in the same week. Mario Wonder coming out. Same day. Same day, yeah. Uh, Metacritic 94, Open Critic 93 for Mario Wonder. Uh, IGN on the lower side with a 9 on that one. Uh, I get a kick out of all that because like these are great video games hitting first-party rivals, and I think it's just going to boost the industry overall because... Yeah gaming is just continuing to crush it um and it's weird because like a week ago we're talking about layoffs a week before that we're talking about console sales boosts talking about epic being greedy and then a week later it's like oh here we are i mean these amazing like sonic at a at a 74 was disappointing and yet i'm stoked to play that game yeah um so yeah. i will i will say wholeheartedly spider-man 2 is great i'm loving it i can't wait to play more i'm gonna play more today it does make me wish that we had the trigger resistance on Xbox. Uh, soon. Yes, soon. But I wish we just had it right now. <laughs> Apart from that, the DualSense is overrated and not nearly oh as good God. a controller as the Elite. Get out of here. Nope, it's overrated. Some of y'all <laughs> are just so stupid about like, oh, I'm doing it. No, the sticks are in the wrong spot. Um, it's for the rival company that, you know, I would never support. I don't know. So it's community questions. <laughs> <laughs> I like I love PlayStation. I don't know why people get so hunky dory about like arguing over consoles. I, I haven't turned mine on fun. in a in a long time. If I'm being honest, I haven't really? had a reason. Yeah, I, I I usually pop it on for like VR or something like that. But I haven't. I have not actually turned mine on in in quite a while. I've been too I've been too invested in in the live service games that we've got going right now. So mm -hmm. like I'm holding off on Spider Man Two because I still haven't finished Miles Morales. Mm -hmm. But even if that was not the case, I still would be holding off on Spider-Man 2 because I, I still have a bunch of other games that we've that we've gotten or that mm -hmm. uh, that have just come out this year that mm -hmm. I want to finish. And, and that paired with like life service content, like I'm sated, honestly, like missing Mario Wonder and Spider-Man 2 has not phased me at all. So I'll say this. Um, when we get to December, you should finish Miles Morales. That's a good winter game. Yeah, it's a, it's it's a, a winter. Game. It's a holiday game. Play Miles Morales before you play Spider Man Two. Yeah, um, there are there are great callbacks to both Miles Morales and Spider Man PS Four um, in Spider Man Two. But like, as I'm playing it, I'm loving Miles. I'm loving. P I'm always I'm always Peter over Miles because that's who I grew up with. And and I've talked about this before. I like to make the character as close to me as possible. Yeah. And Miles is so freaking amazing, but I don't speak Spanish and I don't look like him. So Peter, I lend myself to. Yeah. And despite that, I'm loving the the, the conversations between the two, the build, the the, the it, it's just so well done. And Miles Morales, the game is so good, but it's at a smaller scale in terms of stakes. So play Miles first, Logan. Oh yeah, yeah. Then play spider-man 2 yeah and make no mistake xbox fans these games push xbox to be better 
these games make xbox better yeah Um, when these these type of games are the games that everyone's playing you know Mm -hmm. me accepted uh i i think that it's just like when zelda comes out like everyone Mm -hmm. plays zelda and then you start to see things from zelda creep their way into games for generations after that Mm -hmm. look at hogwarts legacy it's one of my favorite games this year it is basically a Legend of Zelda game with a with a Wizarding World skin on top of it and a and a school story. Yep. And I'm as a diehard Batman fan, uh I'm so excited to see when Rocksteady throws away Suicide Squad. But but I'm excited to see what this does for the open world Batman game, for the <laughs> Superman game. They they've done flying in Spider Man. Yeah. I want Superman so badly because of it. It's it's awesome. It's really awesome. Mm. So um, we had two community reviews that I'm going to hold off on for this week, uh, Logan, but Ellery and Clint both did reviews for us. Uh, Ellery reviewed Long Gone Days. They put their review in our Discord. Clint put his review in Discord. Both are fantastic and helpful at understanding them, um, but I don't think we have time to read through them at the moment Yeah, to finish our, our episode. So that is on hold, but not abandoned at all. Um, we did have some community questions though. Uh, let's look at, well, you take a pick, take your pick, do Matt's question. Let's do Matt's question. Okay. So Matt Reed, uh, thank you for, for writing this in, uh, this is over on Twitter. Congratulations with the completion of the Activision Xbox deal. What comparable deals in video games or other media could this compare to in its impact in changing the industry or has there ever been one so impactful? Last episode, you wondered if people had your show as their go-to as they travel around. Yep, it's my go-to when commuting back and forth to Maine each week. Well, Matt Reed, thank you so much. Uh, hopefully, you're doing well in Redfall, and, uh, and you know Maine is treating you well in these little trips, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not going to ask what you do. But, uh, you know, vampires die, vampires die, and it has nothing to do with you. Um, Like the completion of the Activision Blizzard, the only thing I can think of that makes me think of something that changed how an industry was impacted was when Disney bought Star Wars. Mm -hmm. That to me was a watershed moment where you saw what a company like Disney could do if they had the the keys to the star wars franchise and ever since then we've seen moderate to impressive content come from disney uh as a result of picking the right people for projects sometimes not always the right people for projects sometimes not having faith in the right people for those Mm -hmm. projects and we've seen just a, a, a huge surplus of Star Wars content ever since. And it's gone from just Jedi to no Jedi and everything in between. And that has been a huge, a huge thing for fans of Star Wars, whether you like what they've done or what you don't like what they've done, giving the reins to Disney to be able to use Star Wars as an IP and let them create their own without having George Lucas be the, the, the arbiter of what gets done has seen a huge growth for Star Wars as an IP uh, from a fan base. Like if you're a fan of Star Wars, you have no reason to be upset about Star Wars because there's something for everyone 
and it, it may not all speak to you, but you, you don't have to consume all of it. Um, I think that is going to be what happens with Activision Blizzard uh, because they have a ton of IP. And now we have a studio or, or a company that is invested in utilizing that IP, not just letting it sit on a shelf collecting dust. And I think we're going to see a ton of really cool content come out for uh, Spyro, for Crash, for Tony Hawk. I think there's opportunity every every time I, I think about like what could be done with some of those IPs. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of a lot of really cool stuff happen as a result of this purchase. But what do you think? Uh, I like your analogy. I was thinking when Disney bought Marvel. Mm. Uh, and so like I'm stealing your metaphor, but like buying Star Wars thing. was Bethesda. Yeah. Buying Marvel was Activision, but like it's the same premise. Right. And mm-hmm. I fully agree with you. Um, I tried to think outside of the box, like when Sprint got bought by AT&T or whatever. I don't know. I couldn't. I don't remember what it was, but like I don't have a better one. I think I think it's when Disney bought Star Wars or Marvel. Yeah, that's the closest comparison uh, because it's not like it's not like Star Wars was only on one platform, but then mm-hmm. they have Disney Plus. And that's Game Pass, right? Like there's there's com- nice comparative points. Um, but I do think that we don't understand the impact. It was a week ago I was saying Backward Compat's going to come this year. New games we'll start t- hearing about the year after. And uh, within a week I'm proven wrong. And there's a lot more to it. But we see Phil making good good on stuff. So like there's just so much that we don't understand. But that's kind of the exciting part because I don't... I would feel awful if it was PlayStation that bought Activision. That would not be good. That would not help our industry. That would not have pushed yeah. parity and competition. The uniqueness of Xbox being in third place while also on this trend of trying to please gamers and push their subscription service, I think is better for gamers overall that they were the ones that acquired it. Yeah. And and, and particularly because we see the we see like the business transactions that PlayStation makes to get content to, to drive console sales versus Xbox, which are far more giving in terms of, of, you know, content Mm -hmm. to, to, to consumers. Like they're far more consumer friendly, you know, uh, inflation costs aside, um, you know, Xbox is willing to do a lot more from my perspective. I could be Mm -hmm. wrong. Uh, to kind of ensure that gamers are happy. Mm-hmm. And I don't see that with Sony. I see money grabs like mm-hmm. PlayStation Portable, uh, the PlayStation 5 camera, <laughs> the VR. Mm-hmm. There's there's areas that Sony is going into that are niche that are are kind of, it's the most Apple thing you could possibly do. You sell mm-hmm. something that is absolutely ridiculous that nobody actually needs, but that you know people are going to do it because it's a thing they can do. And mm-hmm. and it's a it's a trusted brand and ecosystem that people are diehard about. And you just don't see that with as much with Xbox or, or uh, Nintendo in some cases. So seeing like ABK go to them, I think will be a big boon to the industry overall. I, I am worried about the the eventual like thinning on the population, like as as redundancy starts to to creep in and you start to see folks kind of like 
lose their jobs as a result of this deal. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm worried about that, but I, I, I understand that that's always a thing that happens, mm-hmm. but yeah. It's true uh, of any industry as they shift. We had a, a lot of people comment on about, about Activision as like, oh, consolidation is the problem. It's like, I understand that mentality, but I don't think that's why you're saying it. And I don't think that's the actual core issue. Yeah, I don't think that this is is an issue of consolidation. There's a lot of competition out there. There's a lot of competition out there. Even oh, if yeah. you don't think about it, there actually is a ton of competition. Even most CEOs of, of publishers will uh, address the fact that there's just a ton of competition right now in the market. Yep. Uh, let's see. We had a lot of questions about episode 200, which I was really thankful for. Uh, this one came from the Muffinmon over on Discord. Uh, he says, you've interviewed so many amazing guests who is still on your interview bucket list. Um, Logan, I, I would like you to think about this as well, because I, I'm interested in who you would like to have interviewed for XCP. Um, but I had do have a bucket list because I've done 116 interviews. Some of them are repeats, uh, for XCP been honored to talk to some amazing people, Ed Free, Seamus Blackley, uh, Mike Chapman, John Johannes, like they, they all stick out as being amazing, but I would love to talk to Cliffy B. I really want to have that moment with Cliffy B. I really want to talk to Sarah Bond for, for reasons that might be surprising uh, to some, like I want to talk to her about um, being uh, a black female in video games at a figurehead position that young students like mine can look up to. I have a student, uh, I, I can't say her name, but like, she wants to make games. She's a black female. She has an accent. She's excited to to get into the industry and it's daunting, but she's looking at people. She's talked about Sarah Bond with me. I want to talk I want to know what it's like to be that role model is there pressure. I want to talk to Sarah Bond. Um I think it'd be obvious to say Phil Spencer because of course, why wouldn't I? Um in in truth, Kevin, the the, the bucket list is more like I'd like rec- I, I'd like to be acknowledged by Xbox and, and not in a review code way because we've been very fortunate. I got that wonderful email like that's happened before. You but want like those the controllers? I- Just admit it. You want the you want the, the really spark <laughs> the controller? Oh, you mean the like special edition ones? Yeah, yeah. No, that'd be cool. I, I think <laughs> really what it is would be like, hey, we see you. I'd like that moment. It would you know? It would be nice to get the. It, it would be. There, there are other content creators out there who get uh, like heads of, of Xbox coming onto their show to talk about um, important things that are going on in the industry. Yeah. And I think that that is a, a good goal for for this show is, yeah. is to be that important uh, mm-hmm. for folks. But I mean, it's, it's mostly our opinions and covering the news. So it's it's hard to. Sure. kind of stand out when that kind of thing happens it really does come down to the audience being enthusiastic about us to poke the the bear if you will mm-hmm. but i i don't blame you for wanting to talk to phil because he, he seems like such a down-to-earth guy and i think mm-hmm. his it's it's funny seeing him in interviews because i think his vibe like it is it gels so well with what our vibe is as far as like it does <laughs> yeah it does feel like real chill about in. stuff and he's a very chill guy yeah not vitriolic which i appreciate yeah know? yeah like i feel like he's playing spider-man too 
and yeah and Starfield and loving him he's 100% playing he's like on the plane to wrote with his rogue ally and he's just like Mm -hmm. playing spider-man too he's like 100% Mm -hmm. yeah um did you have somebody that you would want to have on I know you've you've had Mike Chapman on Keelhauled yeah if we could get somebody on XEP who would you want to talk to I so here's the funny thing is I don't have the history or reverence for Xbox, PlayStation, or Nintendo that mm-hmm. most other gamers do because a, a large portion of my gaming life was dedicated to one game. And if I did have an opportunity to talk to someone, it would probably be Chris Metzen. Because Chris Metzen is the creative director. He's the story. He's the backbone. He's the, the passion behind World of Warcraft. Mm. He left after a while. And he went to go create uh, War Chief Gaming, which was like a tabletop RPG because he loves his his uh, Warhammer stuff. Little minifigs and stuff is his jam. Um, but I would love to talk to Chris just to kind of like figure out where he's at with some of the IPs. Because, you know, Warcraft, Starcraft, Diablo, those are all his in 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 my mind. Like they're all the things that he created. Like... The story of StarCraft II was the story of his divorce. And Mm -hmm. there's so many people that have had an opportunity to talk to him. And he's such a cool guy that I would love to sit down to actually talk with him about just what he would want to do with like StarCraft and how how he could see that franchise being shifted to a different style of game away from like an RTS um, Mm -hmm. into like more of like a Gears or Halo Mm -hmm. so that he could continue telling the awesome stories that he does because he's a fantastic, passionate storyteller. And he's one of the few people that I've, one of the only few people that I think I've ever idolized out of the gaming industry. Like I don't have the, 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 the passions aside from like rare studios, uh, mm-hmm. just because I, I love what they do with sea thieves and stuff. But Chris Metzen's probably like that, that person on the list that I would want to talk to. I would love to talk to Phil just because I think he's a cool guy. I'd love mm-hmm. to talk to him about gaming and, and Xbox and what life is like as, as like the head of Xbox. But mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's like a duh kind of thing, sure. you know, like yeah. who wouldn't. Uh, so, but I mean, it's, it's like getting to talk to Jeff Goldblum about Jurassic Park. It's just, yeah. it's fun. It's just, a, it's just a really good conversation. Chris Metzen's that guy. Totally get that. Uh, let's see. Clint Coombs wants to know what are some of your favorite moments over the 200 shows and what would you like to accomplish over the next hundred? Um, I have a couple favorite moments that stand out. Talking to Andrea Renee meant a lot to me because I really, really appreciate her content and what she's done in gaming uh, for a lot of reasons. I think she's done a lot of a lot to break glass ceilings as well as call out poor behavior um, and has suffered the ramifications of that from time to time. But I really appreciated in interviewing Andrea Renee. Uh, I'd love to have her back, truly. Um, Ed freeze meant a lot to me that he was willing to come on and talk, yeah. uh, because that mean that meant I got to, I guess, step up to another level in terms of t- who I was talking to that led to Seamus Blackley, Lauren Lanning, those other types of moments, which were really cool. Um, uh, I, I really enjoyed having Ryan McCaffrey on because I'd listened to him for so long and I'd, I'd be anxious to talk to him again. It's kind of like that recognition from people that you want, right? Like yeah. I'd love for him to know that we get to 200. I don't know why it just means a lot because I, I looked to them uh, as well. Uh, I'm trying to think back like 
Clayton Coslerick works at uh, Xbox and has done a lot of things that people don't realize, but I talked to him about his little indie game side project. Did a lot of TMNT coverage, which meant a lot. Um, I've, I've just had a chance to meet so many great people, actors, developers, producers, that meant a lot. And there were times where people came on when they didn't need to. Um, when there was nobody else to come on, there was, they still, Rebecca Valentine came on in like my seventh interview. She'd never, she didn't know me from anybody. That was yeah. cool. Right. Adam Brennicky came on to talk about grounded. That was cool. That was nobody. And that's still, it's still in many ways I'm not, but like, that's neat. And then hearing Steve Downs or David Bateman, uh, Bateson do their like, you're listening to the Xbox expansion pass. It's like, thanks, Hitman. That's cool. Yeah. You know, <laughs> thanks, Master Chief. Like that, those are cool moments. Um, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, uh, getting a chance to talk to Erica Lindbeck. Um, that was cool. That was a, a real awesome moment for me. I uh, really love that. I really loved our conversations uh, about Redfall. Um, I think it was one of the most honest conversations about a game that we've had where mm -hmm. it was not a great game and mm -hmm. we still really had a good time with it. And I think that that was an important moment for us to kind of say, like, this is not a good game, but it is also a fun game. And mm -hmm. to understand that not every game like this is kind of one of the the jokes that i've got like in in the back of my mind is i want us to do a game of the year review mm -hmm. of just sevens oh yeah we like just what are the best sevens out of the year because mm -hmm. <laughs> we've had a lot of games and we all know what like the front runners are going to be and they're not all going to be on xbox but mm -hmm. of the games that we've played this year uh a lot of them are sevens and i would love to throw down like which is the best seven because mm -hmm. <laughs> no, i think I, that's where we have our fun totally totally agree like i hate like i'm looking at my list right now and it's like yo, know, i talked to some incredible people for interviews but like they led to great moments like those yeah. conversations you know um truly unironically when we, when when ellery came on the community episode for our starfield spoiler cast and we were like you know what let's just do this once a month now and that's our new tier three like yeah. Whoever's coming on, like whichever patrons join us for this this month, what are we going to talk about? Assassin's Creed, Forza. We're talking about talk, we're going to talk about Mario Wonder, Spider Man, Sonic. Like we're going to talk more about Starfield. Like, what's our community episode going to look like? Getting that formula and there being an interest in it really meant a lot to me. Yeah, that meant a lot to me because I started the show solo for 150 episodes. Nobody was with me, and now community members want to hang out that means a lot. Yeah. So, so bringing in co-host that I love and appreciate. And I, I know I'm, you're right here, but like that meant a lot <laughs> to me getting to give you review codes be, for your coverage to cover something I wasn't good at getting B roll from you. Those things mean a lot to me. Cause it's like, yo, this is something that I'm doing with people now. It's not just me. Yeah. That means a lot. Like, that is cool. When I when I, I used to do trailers in our YouTube video, now I try to use your B-roll. Whenever whatever B-roll you send me of games you're playing, that's more fun for me because it's like, yo, this is us. Mm -hmm. This is our this is our, that means something. So yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see where our, our our last question comes from uh Jam Pack Sam over on threads. He says, What's it been like through the years talking to story developers, seeing your progress source to major gaming news? 
and just to become a larger, larger part of gaming and Xbox communities. The, the so being sourced, Logan, um, <laughs> that sucks sometimes because what it means is there's this huge boost of attention, and then you have people saying, citing you, not citing you, not citing you correctly, yeah. or they get the attention that the show deserves or the people, the person deserves, or it's the wrong kind of attention. Um, and then to be forgotten a week later or to see it back down, yeah. that can be very painful. Um, it's the nature of doing an interview show for the record. because you'll see these ebbs and flows. Um, being sourced is amazing when it's sourced incorrectly. It hurts. That's, yeah. that's what I mean. Um, but it's really cool when it happens it's feel it feels earned when it happens if it's not predatory because there have been plenty of times where i have chopped something out of an interview because i don't want negative backlash to a developer or i have had the opportunity to ask an inflammatory question and not done it um because i could ask certain questions about phil spencer or xbox or game pass or critical reviews and get a polarizing comment but I don't want that attention on XEP. I don't want that to be the nature of XEP. I don't want that to be what I'm known for. Yeah. So I have purposely avoided those moments because it sucks when it's negative attention on a developer because of XEP. It, it, my numbers go up, my subscribers go up, never, but it doesn't bring in, bring in the attention that I want. I have a Patreon community now that is so kind and helpful and supportive and positive. I don't want negative attention. Yeah. It's a culture thing. Um, yeah. You, you, the content you make brings the culture that you bring in this, that type of feeling is the feeling that most developers have to live with, especially mm -hmm. anyone that wants to be social on online. And a lot of developers don't want to be social online because their job is to make a game their passion is to play games and when they get negative attention online because of a game that they're putting out or a trailer that goes badly most of the time a lot of those people still embody a lot of like what they do if they if they look at that kind of stuff which is why most developers don't look at that because you do you get those you get those bad takes that come out of content that gets put out that you had no control over because there's a whole different team handling that and your content could say, you know, like the, the Kong game came out recently. People mm -hmm. worked on that. They may not, it may not be their best work. It may be their best work, mm -hmm. but there's, there's nothing that's coming out of that right now that is, is going to be positive. And the same thing happens with a lot of the interviews that you do. There's a lot of really good information, but it could 100% be something that someone takes and runs in a different direction with, and you don't get you don't get the the your content is being contorted mm -hmm. uh, in a way that does a disservice to what your in, intent was mm -hmm. and and unfortunately that's just kind of the nature of it um it, it, yeah you could 100% get more views or more interest in stuff if you started to try and bait people in with questions that you know will help kind of feed the machine Mm -hmm. And, you know, we look, we see that with like, uh, and I'm going to, I'll be hundred percent honest. Uh, you see that with Kotaku and yeah. there comes a moment where, you know, the veil is lifted and people see what's under the, under the veil. And it's like, yeah, the beast is there. They're the ones trying to feed the algorithm. 
mm-hmm. with with you know headlines and stuff like that and eventually people will just stop going there because it's not trying to be a new site it's trying to be a clickbait site right yep 100 percent. 100 percent. well logan that is a good place to stop i'm anxious for our next episode because i do want to read uh clint and ellery's reviews for uh dark tide and long gone days yeah uh, i think also clint's going to be doing one for ghost runner 2 for us which i'm looking forward to nice. but uh definitely been a great week great 200 episodes uh, i've enjoyed podcasting with you since 150 something um it's been about a year now right roughly we we our first episode was like january 9th gotcha fourth or ninth okay nice so well i'm i'm honored that you have joined me for that long i'm happy and, to uh, be here yeah it's been pretty darn cool well, my friend, let people know where to find you on the old socials. Uh, if you guys want to get a hold of me, I'm still over on Twitter um, at C-A-P-T underscore L-O-G-U-N. You'll most likely find me in the Patreon Discord, though, chatting with the folks over there. Uh, outside of that, I do Keelhauled. Um, I've got uh, Sea of Thieves running. It's season 10 kicked up. Uh, guilds are a thing. It's crazy. There's a whole bunch of quality of life improvements going on over there. So if you want to know what's going on with Sea of Thieves, head over to Keelhauled.com. Or not keelhold.com. I don't have a website. I don't mm-hmm. know where that even came from. Just search for Keelhold Podcast. You'll find my content there. There you go. There you go. Guys, you can find me on all your socials at Insipid Ghost. And I've been really enjoying connecting with people over on threads. Uh Wolverine, shout out to them. Uh mm-hmm. been enjoying chatting with them. Uh and you can find, of course patreon discord uh and patreon.com slash xbox expansion pass thank you guys for supporting liking sharing subscribing all that stuff it makes a huge difference it's kept the content coming and i'm so grateful for you check out my latest creator talk with mav fun speculation that was really good to get back on that horse because i really enjoy doing creator talk um i think i just described mav as a horse that that came out weird (laughs) but uh i enjoy doing creator talk and it was nice to start doing some patron content again um so definitely worth worth shouting out there. Guys, that's going to be it for us. Have a fantastic rest of your week. Take care. Bye.